Welcome, everyone, to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Roberts, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and REST, Virginia Dixon. You too. You too. <laughs> I, I don't have words to say how deeply I was impacted. When we gave away for Juneteenth, we mentioned in the previous podcast, and you guys stayed up all night because it was a glitch in the system and you couldn't sign up. Well, stayed up all night. Yeah, I, I stayed up all night because I stay up all night anyways. Like I usually don't go to bed before 2 a.m. And she's an early riser. So I said, I'll get it at night. I'm going to stay up. I said, you know, I usually go to bed between one and two. I said, so I'll stay up the extra hour to three because, you know, because it would be midnight there. Mm-hmm. At, where it was 3 a.m. here. And I said, so if I don't get it done, I said, you got this, the 8 a.m. shift. So we were, and, and I woke up on and off all night anyways, and I kept trying and kept trying. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it just couldn't, and I think, you know, we talked our last conversation, you know, I, I've been listening for a long time and I had it. And you can ask Kelly, like, you know, I always said, you know, I'm going to do this. I want to do the 40 days of rest. I said, I don't know when, I'm planning on maybe sometime this year when time allows, when finances allow, but we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it somehow. I said, you know, I don't care if I have to give you money and you can pay me back later or whatever. I said, we'll put it aside, you know, a little each month, but we're going to do it. And, you know, when that opportunity presented itself, I was like, we can't pass this off. We can't. Well, thank you so much. I, I, you two were a gift to me and I want to, make this accessible to everyone. I'm writing a book, as you know, right now, and we're restructuring, but we quickly decided with the things I was hearing behind closed doors, the growing confusion, chaos, and disease that I've seen all around me and from clients and patients alike from all walks of life, I knew we had to change our whole approach from the one-to-one to one-to-many. I still do have my private hours that I make myself available two days a week. But beyond that, my whole focus now is really finishing this book. But we knew we needed to reach the many. And after working with Jane and frankly, all of my cancer patients, they impacted my life so deeply. But every single one of them said to me, if I would have known and understood rest, I don't think I would be sick. And almost every single one of them said that to me in one way or another. The others would say something like, you've got to get out of here. You've got to get out of this clinic. This information has to go to the masses. You've got to reach more people faster. This stuff is too important. It's foundational. And I realize it's foundational because rest is the philosophy, what's true and what's not, and the theology, God is or God isn't. And I'll tell you, every single cancer patient facing death wrestles with those two things. They just wish they could have reasoned through them earlier in their life. But what's true and what's not about God is or God isn't and how the soul works through the brain in the body. And the consequence and the implications of this quantum field of energy, right, that we talk about um, in the New Age movement, they have an expression of it, Christians have an expression of it, Buddhists have an expression of it, but at the end of the day, it's very real and measurable, 
And that is that there is good and there is evil. There is right and there is wrong. There's things that are just and unjust. There's lawful and unlawful. There is light and there is dark. There is God and there is an opponent that perverts and distorts. And I can prove that easily. And there's angels. Some of us have seen them. And there are demons. And some of us have seen them. And sadly, I can tell you I've seen both. And the reality of those things are things we need to reconcile in time. But it isn't until we have cancer that we really want to wrestle with these deeper things. And how the heck did I get here? And what happened to me? But your stories were so important to me because, Michelle, you were in the mental health business. And you, Kelly, are the recipient of what that field has to offer. So thank you both again for being here. Thank you. Last segment, we talked about the impact that the word liberty and freedom had. And we talked about the usage of language and how instrumental it became for Kelly to literally, I mean, think about this, understanding the fruit and the consequence and the meaning of language literally helped me begin to, sh- to heal myself mentally. It began to give me strength and courage and perspective to really begin to take ownership of my own mental health and to realize, wait a second, I'm becoming sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker in the system, right? But the things Virginia is talking about began to give me a measure of freedom because I didn't even know liberty and freedom weren't exactly the same thing. What was the other word you used, Kelly? And I was talking about light. Like when you talk about the theology about who God is and who God isn't. I was raised in a Christian home. I thought I was this good little Christian. And I started rereading the book of John for the first time. And I didn't get very far because I said, okay, I'm on the word light. What does light mean? And I I got my phone and I Googled the Noah Webster 1828 definition there is just so much for the word light. It's, it, they have scriptures there. They have adjectives there. They have nouns there. They have verbs. I started writing some of them and then I almost ran out of time because I had something else to do. But there's just so much for the word light and just whether it was the word comfort, whether it was about knowledge, whether it was about energy, there's so much, not just a light. Funny you should mention language, words, and specifically freedom and liberty, and specifically light, Kelly. Because let me read something to you from an ancient book. This library was written over a span of 1900 years with 66 books in it. That's it. 66 books in this library. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. So it identifies that word as a person. It is living. I tell people all the time, thoughts have power, but words have authority. You speak a word, you have sent things into the universe that has significant consequences. And in this quantum field of energy, good, bad, light, dark, however you want to define it. That word has consequences. And if your words are not life-giving, they're going to be life-taking. So think about it. You mentioned the word light. Light gives life. 
anything that diminishes the life of a person, of an organization, of a thing, of an idea, anything that takes away, that obscures the light, the life-giving force of that idea is dark. That means it takes it away. It diminishes. So when we were talking about mental health and the state of things and where there's so much confusion, chaos, and disease, that means life is being sucked out of a system. So if light is being sucked out, what is light being overrun by? Darkness. I call light good. Why? Because it gives life for practical purposes right now. Evil diminishes light. I don't think it's rocket science to know that we don't want to sexualize our children. It is, it is robbing a child of their innocence. But we saw for an entire month, parades, celebrations, reading hours, all kinds of crazy making scenarios where in broad daylight, we are being told we have to accept the desecration of innocence. That is dark to me. Anybody that has a conscience that's been sexually molested, abused, maligned by anybody knows that is dark. That is an offense. It is a desecration of the innocence of a human being. And it's not acceptable. That is dark. Even when darkness happens in broad daylight, something inside of us intuitively says, wait, something's wrong here. What happens when we shame each other to endorse the darkness that is upon us? It gets darker. And it's a slow death for all of us, by the way. A very, very good friend that I have an enormous amount of respect for and I love very, very deeply posted on her Facebook, actually multiple friends did, how during a month when they celebrate pride, that she's celebrating love for everybody and everything. And that love ultimately is the answer to everything. And we all must love. And I remember the first thing that went through my mind is, what does love have to do with it? Of course we love. Of course we love each other. Of course we feel compassion for each other. Of course we feel sensitivity for each other. That's not the question. The question is, what lies before us right now, the things that we're seeing in mental health, is this light or dark? Is this lawful or unlawful? And I'm going way off a tangent here, but even just to take this time to even talk with you two girls about this, this is so near and dear to my heart because your words about language and conversation, freedom, liberty and freedom, light and dark, these things all of a sudden, yes, to answer your question, light has to do with life and energy and power and authority. And no matter how, how dark your life got, Kelly, did you notice that the darkness can never snuff out light. The light can overtake the darkness. That's right. And that's and all that's happened to you in mental health. And how is it love 
if to let someone continue to stumble around in the darkness all the time, exactly. continue to hurt. That's not love. That's not loving. That's so beautifully put. It is not loving to let people, and I. that's why I respect Michelle and her take on what's happening in mental health. It's out of love for people and out of love for her colleagues, out of love for a field, an industry, a trade that's wanting to do good things. Same thing in medicine. There are amazing people fighting in the front lines to expand the reach of light both in mental health, I think, and in the field of medicine. Our little podcast is just trying to take this information to the masses that sometimes are fall prey to all the rhetoric and those discussions and those debates. What's happening? We're losing a generation while we're all trying to debate because we're holding on to our positions. We need to have conversations and the exchange of ideas and see the fruit of these ideas and say, what's life-giving, what's not, what's productive, what's not. Kelly, you did that with your meds. You did that with your doctors. You did that. That's what last segment was about. Yeah. And Michelle's doing it with her friends, her colleagues, and she's saying, we need to have a day of rest here so we can have this conversation here in Pittsburgh, right? We need it. I even tried integrative medicine here in Pittsburgh, thinking it might be something that, you know, there's a little bit more hope and is a little bit away from the conventional. It was so similar to conventional means that it was, it was depressing. It, it was like I had a moment of hope and gone. Don't lose hope. And I'll tell you why, because like anything, it all takes time girls. It just all just takes time, right? But the fact that they're trying to integrate and they're stretching, Mm -hmm. you have enough resources now. And I I think I want everyone to get this message online and through doctors all over the country and all over the world. You have so much information that you can displace the darkness, whether it's in professionally, like for Michelle or for you, very practically speaking, in your own life, you can displace it if you understand principles and ideas of liberty. Liberty is a function of the soul. Liberty is the internal resource that every human being has to self-govern, meaning negotiate the conflicts they have within their mind, their heart, their will, their conscience, their feelings. Depending on their capacity and their willingness to do that, that's where you really begin to deal with your own demons and begin to release yourself of the bondage that you're in. Do you know why? Because to negotiate the conflicts in your soul, Kelly, your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, in dealing, in your case, with a history of addiction, likely some form of promiscuity or whatnot that you regret absolutely <clears throat> and, and i'll and i'll have you talk about that in a minute but as you're able to realize there's this checkered past this horrific dynamic i've had to deal with and you realize wait virginia says there's this quantum field of energy this information system that my conscience has been talking to be about my whole life. And mm-hmm. it's, you can draw from light or dark, good and bad. You can cry out to God or Satan. And you can cry out to angels or demons. And we've all experienced to some extent this polarity, this decision that we have to make. But remember, 
the all-powerful resource that you have and everybody in our listening audience right now has is themselves. Because look what you've been able to navigate just through understanding these principles is check in with your conscience and then cry out to God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is living. How many times have you guys heard me say, thoughts have power and words have authority? So you can call out to the Word, which obviously in the book of John is the person of the historic Christ. And you'll notice that John chapter 1 mirrors Genesis chapter 1, which is really interesting. And that word is life-giving, but it's your conscience that negotiates the merit of these things in the quiet places of your own heart. And look at the healing you've been able to access and facilitate for yourself through understanding these principles by the things that I painstakingly tried to communicate. And I'm not able to do a total dump on the air because then nobody would come next week. (laughs) it's funny you say that virginia about like crying out like i would be in a drunken stupor but my spirit was just crying out for jesus i'd go in drunk to a church just like hello i'm still looking for you jesus i'd be trying to testify and tell people about jesus drunk as can be but still trying to just have that connection that relationship with jesus totally wrong but that's where i was at the time well can i say that is the power of the holy spirit jesus said i stand at the door and knock and if you open the door and let me in i will make my dwelling place in you i distinguish there's some people I respect greatly who completely disagree with me, and I completely disagree with them on this point, is that you can be saved, but not free. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that. You can be enslaved by all kinds of addictions and be a follower of Jesus and love Jesus and desire and hunger for him and be enslaved by the work of Satan in time in the form of the demonic encounters that human beings have with those spirits all the time. So you were saved, right? God says, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the doors to your heart, you let me in. I'm going to come in and make my dwelling place in you. And I believe when that transaction happens, right? When, by the way, it says repent, stop and think. Stop and reason. What happens when we all stop and reason? We begin to turn. Why? Because our conscience bears witness. But if you stop and reason and you go the other direction and you refuse to turn, that's rebellion. But if you stop and listen, and you can even make the slightest turn to say there's something deeply broken inside, I need you, God, Jesus, if that's you knocking on the door of my heart, I'm letting you in right now. Transform, change me, cleanse me from the inside out. That is when you begin to slay the demons that haunt you. But when you were going to a church drunk. Not even my church, just random churches in the neighborhood I was in. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit continuing to comfort, to teach, to draw. But it didn't change the, me- the state of your mind in the sense that 
be transformed through the renewing of your mind, that has to happen all the time, continuous transformation. This is where everything's negotiated in our soul. But the access point of evil, the access of evil is all around us all the time. But the gatekeeper is your soul. Thankfully, you asked Jesus to come in one time and he's been in there all along. But you don't really believe it. You don't understand it. The aim of rest is to help people understand whether you're a Christian or not. It doesn't matter. Light and dark, right and wrong, just and unjust, lawful and unlawful, they are real. They exist. And all the isms that you might cling to, yes, there's a measure of truth in all those philosophies and worldviews. But I am telling you, I'm going to do a whole talk on this. But only Christianity uniquely brings them together into one comprehensive worldview. And I'm going to do my very best to explain why that is, Kelly. And that is why by listening to the podcast for a year, by dealing with somebody in the mental health business, a a friend that you've known since kindergarten, you've been able to really be transformed and mature and heal slowly through this. That's why. That's why our conversations need to change. We need to understand the impact of language. It's going to give or diminish life and liberty that we negotiate with that language. It's going to give or diminish freedom. It's all about internal cause and external consequence. It's all about cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. It's not effect, it's affect, cause and affect. And that's a simple concept everybody listening to us can understand. You feel like crap, you want to give up, you want to slowly lose your mind so you can at least give in to the insanity. That is nothing short of the struggle that's been with humanity since the beginning of time between good and evil. Good gives life, evil diminishes life. Take that simple idea and apply it to everything for the next year and you'll barely begin to understand what I just said. Because I barely understand it, too. And I live it and I work in it. But I see the fruit of it. Some people come into my office. And I got to tell you, I gasp with the stuff they bring in with them. I can feel it. Guess what I do? I immediately say, you have no power over this beautiful person that wants freedom or over me. You have no power in this office or authority. I have all power and authority has been delegated to me. We operate on delegated authority. That's what the cross represents. It hangs over Michelle's head, which is ironic, actually. The cross is hanging over your head. That cross represents this right here. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Think about it. Look at our very anatomy. Stretch out your hands and stand up. You're the cross. Pick this Mm -hmm. up and follow me. And you won't believe the things you'll do. You'll do greater things than I did. Why? Because I'm going to give you authority. And you know what he said? Not just you, he said to his disciples, but you and all those that come after you. Us. Them and us and all those who would put our faith in Jesus operate under delegated authority to exercise liberty because he lives in the innermost parts of our soul. And that liberty will secure our freedom. 
And that's why he said, it's for the sake of freedom that I gave you liberty, the capacity to self-govern. Kelly, you talked about the impact of words and language. Yes. And light and liberty and life and all of that. And I said, in the next segment, I'd like to expound on that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because in this time of doing everything quick and being efficient and effective and all of that, we don't think about, wow, thinking about what we think about and the words that we use to express our thoughts. We don't know what we think about. We don't know what we think about. We, I think what is so difficult for me with rest is I, you're conditioned, not, not even just conditioned. It's like, these are words that weren't used correctly. They were used differently. Different people apply different meanings to them. And, and then you don't use them yourself and you're made to feel like, I know for myself, I feel so uneducated and I know that I'm not, but I just feel so overwhelmed hearing some of these words on the podcast. I'm like, what does this mean? And this, the podcast isn't something that you're going to say, oh, I listened to this and I got it. No, like I said before, you have to listen to it a few times. Maybe you have to take notes. Maybe you have to get a dictionary out. It's it's something foreign to a confused mind. It's you have to work at it. It's not gonna rest isn't gonna be easy. Yeah, rest isn't going to be easy. There's a quotable quote. It's not peaceful. It's not gentle. It's hard. I'm gonna be honest with you. After I spoke with you the other day, Michelle had to talk me down. I was angry. I had a headache. I was like, this is hard. I was like, what is she talking about? I was like, what is she talking about? And then what I did understand, I didn't want to hear it because it was truth. And truth is ugly sometimes. It's not easy. Mm -mm. No, I wanted it to be easy. But what I love is you have the principles, you have these ideas. You can negotiate them, not with a therapist, not with the doctors, and not my medicating anything. Mm-hmm. You can wrestle with these things within yourself and then do what? Reconcile. Mm-hmm. Reconcile. That's the way to freedom is reconciliation. That's the way to healing is reconciliation. And what you did is you wrestled with things within yourself. You called Michelle, who's a mental health professional, by the way, who's wrestling with the same ideas that you're wrestling with, who are having this dynamic conversation, and you're able to reason together and find out what's true and what's not, what real, what's real and what isn't. And then after you're done wrestling with yourself and with each other, you're both able to come to a consensus, hey, we might not like it, but... These aren't Virginia's ideas. This is true. And we either align ourselves with truth, which is aligning ourselves with light. It's going to give us immediately what more life, even if we don't like it. Isn't that amazing? There's a difference. There's a difference between reconciling and rationalizing. And as long as you keep rationalizing, you're going to stay in bondage. You're not going to be free. Reconciling, you have to take a hard look at yourself. And I'm I'm one of the lucky ones who's blessed to have a lifelong friend who does have those skills in the mental health field, who knows how to speak with me when I'm just like raging, saying, This is hard. I want to quit. And and is able to say, Listen, you don't want to quit, you know. Imagine what's good, what you're going to be like if you don't give up. Imagine the change. 
I think in this segment, I want to encourage people, Michelle, you and Kelly, you've, you've both encouraged me in this final brief, brief segment to wrap up last week. You've encouraged me so much to persevere, to tirelessly continue to communicate these ideas. You have no idea how many times I've been told you got to dumb down the material because people are not going to understand it. They don't care. And I say, thank you, but no thank you. I will not dumb anything down. These people that you keep talking about are made in the image of a personal, intimate, loving God that made them in his image with the spirit, soul, and body with the capacity to be fruitful and multiply, not just sexually and not just other people, but ideas, hopes, dreams, visions, plans, everything. And then they were given the authority to advance those things and subdue, govern, and then finally take dominion over. There's three again. Be fruitful and multiply. What hopes, dreams, fears, passions. And then when you've done all that and you and you physically have more of you, enjoy each other, have more of you. And then here, it's all yours. You have it all to do with it. Work it and subdue, subdue, govern, take dominion over and enjoy it and live. If we don't do that with our spirit, our soul, and our body in the context of our relationships with each other, it's difficult for us to understand the gift of life and the privilege to exercise our liberty, to secure our freedom external. It's amazing. Yes, they're difficult ideas. Yes, it's not easy. But you know what is not? You know what is is beautiful? It's intuitive. You, You said it earlier. It's intuitive. It's easy. It's accessible to us. I'm telling you, I think we can heal the hemorrhaging heart of this nation in one generation. If we have the strength and the courage to invite people into a place of rest, we can exercise the conflicts we have within ourselves and heal ourselves. If we're willing to open ourselves up to trust each other and to expand conversations, risk rejection, risk judgment, risk condemnation, whatever we have to do, risk it all to do what? To reach for light, to hold on to truth and to love each other enough, like Michelle is saying, to help each other. She's in a field of mental health professionals and I know the field's imploding. And you're so right. People are leaving the industry. And so our educators, our amazing teachers are leaving because it's unlawful the way education has become indoctrination. And you know why the teachers are leaving? They don't realize this because it's an assault to their very conscience. It's not for money. Nobody quits mental health for money. Nobody quits teaching for more money. They physically aren't can't stand under the pressure or they will not comply with the legislation, with the regulation, with the indoctrination of children. When they're 
being told to lie to parents, not told. They're being commanded to keep the gender identity of their child from the parent. So during the day in the classroom, the kids can whatever they want to identify as. But when the mom picks up, they have to call them by the name that the mother gave them. That's lying. That is dark. That's the antith. That's evil. That is lying. It is dark and it is evil because it's the antithesis of light, life, and liberty. It's slowly deteriorating the education system. It's an assault on the teacher. It's slowly desecrating what's sacred about this child, their capacity to reason and be truthful and step into light and life and the things that will advance their health and wellness. And look what it's doing to a family. Are you kidding? So now the state has authority over that of the parents. The state determines what is healthy and what is not, what is life-giving and what is not, what is good and what is evil. We better all be prepared to rise up on this because mental health is not a crisis you were experiencing, Kelly. It's an encroachment of a system that began to close in on all of us. And that is the anatomy of mental health. Michelle, you have last words. Kelly, you have last words. I just want to thank you, Virginia. And I'm, I'm so glad you touched on education because I did work in early childhood field and the indoctrination starts early. We didn't get trainings on how to work with kids who have behavioral problems or how to deal with a difficult parent. We were starting to get things relating to gender, gender identity and books we needed to have on our shelf and take off of our shelf. So you're right. It is system-wide and it starts early. And I'm just really grateful to rest into the podcast for giving me hope. And I just want to thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for your transparency and your honesty and your vulnerability. We're in a war for the soul of a nation and the lives of many, many people. We don't have to take an adversarial position on these matters. We can speak truth and invite people into this rest conversation so we can reconcile the confusion, chaos, and disease that we're all facing, right? We're all in this together. And I thank you, Virginia, just for, you know, the opportunity to, to, to work with you and continue this journey of rest. I'm so excited to have you, and I look forward to doing a day of rest in Pittsburgh. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, everyone. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.